I'm probably the newest board member of OPA, the Ohio Opa! Promotional <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 147 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the field marshal of federal income taxes, the one and only <laughs> Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing well. Um, you know, it's been crazy around the office. Things are, it's like I always say that I'm trying to spin the plates. I am continually trying to spin the plates, can, trying to juggle, but in a good way, right? Like I always yep. say, if I'm bored, I'm poor. Yep. So I'm doing really well. Uh, last week, you said you were going to head to the Masters. I want to hear about that. How how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well. It's been an interesting few days. Um, I did head to the Masters. That is accurate. I did not attend the Masters um, as planned. Um, ben Taylor, who who I was going with, the poor guy had been traveling to I think seriously four to five different cities over eleven days, oh, and he woke up Friday morning. Um, sick as a dog. He had 102 degree fever and there was really no way to transfer the tickets. He was going to try to power through. Um, I, I just said, hey, you know what? It's just not meant to be this year and that, that's okay. Right. Uh, so I made the best of it. It was a very interesting weekend. Um, something <laughs> I'll, I'll probably explain a little bit more in my blog next week okay. um, just because it's a long story, but uh, ultimately everything's good. Um, and I was able to watch it in the best seat in the house at my house. So <laughs> Yeah, the drinks I, were probably cheaper. The drinks were cheaper. I could use my cell phone, and uh, everything was truly, truly great with it. You know what else is great, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, I'm so glad you asked. That would be the good strongs over at Bam Bam's. You know, I know you've checked out their custom headwear program. It's fully custom caps designed either by your team or their team. Doesn't really matter, Kirby. And it's delivered to your customers. And how many days do you think it would take to get to your customer a fully custom cap? Wow, if it's like overseas, it would be 90 days. Well, that's ridiculous, Kirby. Who's going to wait that long in this society? No, not 90 days, not 60, not 45, 30 days or less from sample approval. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and dare I say only thought for custom headwear. You can reach out to your local Bam Bams rep or go over to BamBams.com, learn all about that custom headwear program. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, before we get going here, Kirby, I do want to remind our audience that not only can you listen to this podcast by clicking on the Promo Corner uh, website, you can also go to search Promo Corner at the place you listen to podcasts the most could be apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and now even spotify so go ahead and search promo corner and subscribe sweet 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 all right kirby do you want me to start with the topic as we try to broadcast at some sort of uh, let's call it a persimmon level today (laughs) based on that you should definitely start all right kirby so i i hope hopefully you know i've got some good ones and hopefully we can get through these these are i I think you've got some good ones too so i'm excited about today's podcast so i'm sure you saw a ppb which is ppai's uh, monthly magazine about promotional products business just released their 60 greatest companies to work for i'm sure you saw that I did. I did. I haven't dug into each all 60, but yes, I've seen quite a few who have announced. Yeah. So a few notables I just thought I'd mention. Axis Promotions, Larry Cohen. um, He's a Promo Kitchen chef. Johanna Gottlieb, also a Promo Kitchen chef, friend of the program. 
both of them. Um, Boundless Blank Marketing, they're here in Nashville. Great people. They're Common Skew. We, I think we've talked about the good strongs at Common Skew. Brand Fuel, Facilis, Gold Star. Oh, that ever smooth ink at Gold Star makes it a great place to work. Signet, TikTok, Tidy Gear. So there's a lot of great places there. Yep. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think, and this doesn't have to be a long discussion, what do you think makes a great place to work in the promotional products industry? You know, I, th- I think for me, it, it comes down to culture and fun. And and as a side note for this, it's one of those where every time I see this and they come out with, hey, you can no- somebody can nominate, whatever, I always consider that because mm-hmm. I, I would love down the road, I aspire to be on a list where it's a fun place to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, if there's ever any list that I get a little bit of FOMO for not being on, it's this list. I admire right. the people who um, have created a culture that people get excited to be a part of. I mean, I li- like that is no joke. Every time yeah. I see this, I'm always like, oh, yeah, that's because as a leader, I mean, that, to me, this is the ultimate compliment, right? Yep, like, no question. The ultimate compliment is to for people in your organization to say, man, I wouldn't want to work anyplace else. And then as a side note, I think, these are all places that are great to work. They're also all great places that would be to be from. And what I mean by that is once you work at a common skew or a brand fuel or a, anybody else on this list, right? Like you are going to have other opportunities because working there, I think people kind of lifts your personal brand. Yeah. And because they have so, they're so respected in their fields and and so to the people on this list I tip my hat in the biggest way. I think this is one of the coolest lists in our industry, my personal opinion. Yeah, I know. I think it's a great list, and I think you listed some great things about what makes a, a great place to work. I actually thought about this, obviously. when You you know, it's one of the things about this <laughs> podcast. When you come up with the topic, you get to prepare for your own topic a little bit. Um, so I just listed a couple quick things, and, and I don't think we need to belabor it because I think you hit on a lot of them too. A culture of autonomy. I think you got to allow people to really own their space. Mm. Um, I talk often in Promo Corner of I may run the entire business, but each of you has a business unit you run. It's your business within the business, and I want you to run it. Um, transparency. I think being as transparent as possible, what's going on with the company, why are things happening the way they are, what are our plans, how are we doing against goals, things like that, also very important. Uh, accountability across all levels. I think it definitely falls under the category of what's good for the, the goose is good for the gander. Mm. And you hold yourself accountable to a higher standard than maybe even hold your team accountable to. Um, and I think that's important. And then balancing work and fun. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, we have a chief fun officer here at Promo Corner, and, and that's Lori Moore, who does a great job, mm-hmm. which is a challenging thing to do to build a, a fun culture. Um, when you have people working across the country in different offices and sometimes even remotely from home. So I think so. Th- those are the things I thought about. And I like you, I think it would be a tremendous compliment. So any of the people who work with me here at Promo Corner are listening next year, please pay attention and nominate <laughs> Promo Corner because it would be really cool to be on the list. Yeah, and one other thing that just popped into my head um, as, as you were talking about it, the other piece I think I missed is purpose. Like the idea that the people who are in the organization all feel like there's a a common direction everybody's rowing in, I think is another way. Like there's one thing to be fun, but you said a balance of fun and work, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason that that would work is if you are there's there's a sense of purpose there everybody is sort of rowing in the same direction, and I think you can't have a great organization unless there's a great purpose. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So that that was just something I wanted to lead off. Quick topic there. Love Kirby, it. why don't you fire one off? Um, so industry as well. So uh, you know this just because we're buddies. Um, I am excited. I'm brand new. I'm probably the newest board member of OPA, the Ohio Opa! Promotional <laughs> Ohio Promotional Products Association. And um, this is my first time doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't even attended a meeting. We're getting ready. You and I are both heading to the sales safari here in a week or so. And, the sales safari in Kalahari. Which is awesome, right? Um, and essentially, I know you have uh, served on regionals before. I have. And and I have not. So I wanted yep. to see, I'm, I'm starting on this board. What advice do you have for me? What are some things I should do, shouldn't do? Any, anything that you have, fire away. Great question. So the, the one thing, and I get asked that a lot just because, you know, I, I have served on regional boards um, uh, on, at a director level, vice president, uh, president, and then now I'm, I'm uh, current president of the RAC board, exactly. um, which is kind of uh, we're, we're the voice for all the regionals at the national level. So all 27 regionals we represent at, on the RAC board, the Regional Association Council board. So I do get asked this question a lot. The first thing I always think of and what I tell any new board member is when you walk into a board meeting, you need to take off your distributor hat your supplier hat, your service provider hat, whatever it is you do in the industry. And the second you walk into that board meeting, you are representing the, the entire association. So you have to do what may not, you have to make decisions based on what's good for the association, not what's good for your business. And sometimes it's very difficult for people yeah. to do. And so what I say is if it's difficult for you to do that, um, there's no shame in recusing yourself from a specific conversation. I've had to do it a couple of times, and it's okay. So I think that's the number one thing is remind, you know, you have a different hat on there than you do the rest of the time. So you're not representing Hassaman Marketing when sure. you're at an OPA board meeting. You're representing all the dues-paying members of OPA. So can I just push back for a second? Just not yep. because I'm disagreeing, but I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. Sure. Um, so... One of the ways that I view this, and I've had the, the, the blessing of being on a bunch of boards outside of the, these regionals, right? So I have at least that experience. But like one of the things I feel like I bring is my experience as a distributor. And so though I'm not representing Hosman Marketing, couldn't you say that by being a distributor, I sort of am representing other distributors? You are, but but you have to look at it from exactly the point you said i'm i'm representing all distributors not yes. what's just good for hosman marketing right 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 so when you're 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 kind of a voice a distributor voice because you know that world you have supplier voices and hopefully you have a service provider voice on the board you may or may not um but you are representing all of them not just your interests yeah and i, that, I anticipated that's what you'd say but i just yeah. wanted to clarify no 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 and i'm glad you did so that's the number one piece of advice number two piece of advice i always have is um two things it's kind of a two two pronged one number one listen a lot more than you talk um but number two when you have something to say say it there are a few things worse than walking out of that board meeting and having somebody pull you aside and say you know i was gonna say blah 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 (laughs) um that is should the executive director's job is to facilitate um a safe place for you guys to be able to have very candid honest robust discussions about the association that people don't get all butthurt about when they walk out that door. 
You right. should be able to have uh, a free expression of opinions without any fear that you're going to be blackballed by a supplier, that, that a supplier is going to be blackballed by a distributor or anything like that. So, you know, it, th- there needs to be a safe environment. And I think you should go in assuming that it is. Um, I think LaDonna Belcher is your uh, executive mm-hmm. director, correct? Yes. She, she, she is, uh, uh, you know, has done this for years. And I have no doubt that she creates a very safe environment. So listen a lot. But also speak too. Don't don't be scared to speak. And the third piece of advice is don't speak too much. There's mm-hmm. few things worse, and you've been on boards when there's a person who basically has really nothing to say, um, but they feel the need to reinterpret what everybody else has said just so that they can say something. Don't do that. <laughs> don't be that guy. Okay. Um, that that is the worst. You know, we are all volunteers, and that's the other thing people need to remember. It's an all volunteer situation when you're on a board, yeah. except for the executive director. It's the only paid staff. So um, you ha- ha- understand that people have limited time, limited bandwidth. Um, but by the same token, if you say you're going to do something from a volunteer level, do it. Mm. We all understand that nobody's signing a check from OPA to Kirby Hossaman. Right. But if you say you're going to do something, that's part of being a volunteer. So, you know, it, it's those are the things I think about immediately, and I'm sure there's a billion others, but you asked for a couple, and you got a couple. No, that's really good. I, You know, it's one of those things where I have um, often thought, and you and I have actually talked about this away from the podcast, about when it would be a good time for me to step in in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, the other times I'd been asked, I just did not have the bandwidth. And so I'm excited about it, but as is the case, I think, with any Anything that is cool and exciting, I'm a little nervous too. So, um, looking forward to it. I think you'll do great. Just you know, be yourself, be opinionated, <laughs> be compassionate, uh, and keep keep in mind again that that you're representing however many dues paying members of OPA there are. Right. So, good cool, question. man. Good question. All right, Kirby. Starbucks, you like yourself some coffee, Kirby. Starbucks, I think you know, has a, and I don't think there is a Starbucks in Coshocton. There there? is not. I didn't think so. But I know you do, and you will enjoy a Starbucks on the road occasionally. I don't think you seek it out, but if you want a coffee, you know you can go get one at a Starbucks. Sure. Well, I know you know they have a uh, points program. Are you part of their points program at all? You may or may not be. I am not. Again, you don't frequent it because there's not one in your local area. It makes all sense in the world, but they do have a points program. Makes sense. Well, usually you've been able to redeem those points for free drinks and free food and things like that. Well, that now they are allowing you to redeem points for branded merchandise. Nice. Okay? Yeah, so for every dollar you spend, you get two gold stars. And when you get 400 stars, so you've spent $200 at Starbucks, now you can um, trade that in. That's the entry level for merchandise. And it's tumblers and mugs for now. Likely down the road it will be apparel and other things. So we all love loyalty programs, right? Yep. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I love loyalty programs, whether it's an airline or a hotel, rental car. I want to ask you about brands that you love to support, that you would be proud to wear their merchandise. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. What company do you love, or companies, a couple companies is fine, that you would love to pitch a merchandise loyalty program for where you think that their target audience would love to wear or use merchandise with their logo on it. So what companies would you target? 
Um, the number one thing that, and, and again, one of our rules, I think, and it's what's funny about this bill is that it's, I think, a rule that we've just kind of come up with on the fly. It's not like a, an, an, a written rule, but we kind of say what the first thing that pops into our head, right? Yep. And I think in this particular instance, I think a, a merchandise, the company that I would love to merchandise, the company I'd love to create a loyalty program for is Sam Adams. Love um, that. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So, A, I think I know the industry, mm-hmm. um, certainly. I actually think they're a very interesting company. I think mm-hmm. they're... They had a great story. A great story. Their owners are great. They actually make a ton of different beers. They do. Um, I, I don't think that, like, I think people think of their Boston Lager and maybe one or two others. They make, yeah. like, freaking 75 or 100 different beers. Yeah, they are not a microbrew any longer, folks. No, no, they're, the, they're huge. Yeah. Um, but... That being said, I think their branding is pretty interesting. They've actually gone through a bit of a rebrand in the last couple of years. And I think you could create some really cool merch. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a lot of that from mm-hmm. Sam Adams. I haven't done the research. This is just off the top of my head. But I don't see a lot of people wearing like a Sam Adams t-shirt very often. And I think no. that could be a really interesting opportunity. Great answer. And again, these are sometimes hard because I get to prepare a little bit. It's my <laughs> question. And, and you don't. So I thought about companies where I started focusing on was, okay, if I could target any company from a promotional product standpoint, what would get me going and what do I think has a cult-like status? So the first one was Apple. That was an easy right. one, right? That's, yeah, sure. I'm not even gonna, we're not even going to spend 30 seconds on that. For me, it would be Whataburger. Man, okay. I, would, I would focus on Whataburger. It is such a cult-like following, especially in, in Texas, Okay, a Whataburger. Um, they have a very iconic um, – a logo, very iconic colors that are bright orange, and so I would focus on that. I thought in the Northeast, Dunkin', since it's mm. not Dunkin' Donuts anymore, which is still ridiculously stupid, but whatever. <laughs> Dun- Dunkin', and then I thought, and then I thought of you. Actually, okay. I thought, what about Jimmy Buffett? I mean, he's got yeah. a lot of stuff out there. You talk about a cult-like following. Yeah, um, he's definitely got a cult-like following. Yeah, and and he does like he does. The yeah. merch, like nobody's business. Oh, I mean, absolutely. If there's anybody who kind of gets that, Buffett definitely gets that. That's That would be fun. I agree. Yeah, yeah I think th- that. And then I, th- I, I was actually thinking, you know, what about women? And, and I know that women who work out, they love Lululemon. Hmm. Okay, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with them. So it's sure. an athletic, uh, ath- athletic brand and all that. And I did a little research, and I loved this. Um, so it's more than just gear. And this is a quote from them. They want to create a community hub where people could learn and discuss. This is the whole idea behind the brand. They want to create a community hub where people could learn and discuss the physical aspects of healthy living, mindfulness, and living a life of possibility. And so what they've developed, actually, is an ambassador program that supports local athletes and inspirational people. People to build stronger communities and it's nice. 1400 people and counting and I thought wow that, that what a great way to build a brand and to build a brand that people are proud to wear you know I think those of us who've been in the industry 10 15 20 years certainly remember a time when having branded merchandise outside of a t-shirt was almost like yeah that's not cool <laughs> and I think companies like Lululemon and others have really made having branded merchandise cool so i just i thought it was a good topic i love it i love it all right kirby fire away you got another one i do um so i saw a study on linkedin uh yesterday i think it was where the study was talking about the fact that um remote workers are more lonely yep 
um, than uh, workers who live or work in the office. And my my first reaction was, well, no shit. That was um, exactly the two <laughs> words I thought of, Kirby. <laughs> I'm like, why are we talking about this? Yeah, but I thought a couple things. I think that there are a ton, and I thought you would be a good person to talk about this. And then, you know, when I was uh, a salesperson for Lee Wayne Halo, essentially a lot of your sales reps, they're remote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They and, and I felt that a little bit. And you have uh, people in your organization who work remote. And so, number one, I guess, you know, what do you do to overcome that? And then I have some thoughts about sort of a little bit more 10,000 feet above this. So um, what do you guys do to fight that, quite frankly? So agree with you. I think it's very difficult working from home. I I think um, it is lonely, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a salesperson and you're in the people business. It's it's difficult sometimes. Right. Uh, Any sort of creative job, I think it's tough to work alone because I, I, I don't know about you, but I rely on those accidental collisions and those conversations. I always like to say internally, let's talk about the first 20 ideas and get rid of the shitty ones and get to the one that's good. Um, so, and that helps when you're with somebody. Right. So I, what we do here, Kirby, because we do have people working remotely. So I have a video meeting with everybody standing every week. Um, you know, unless something catastrophic happens or vacation or whatever those meetings happen sometimes they might be three minutes long but there's human contact where i can see people they can see me um and and that's a standing meeting we also have meetings all throughout the week too hey do you got a minute and instead of picking up the phone we get on a video chat so i think Mm. the more we do that the better um, I mentioned Lori Moore earlier in the podcast. She is our chief fun officer. So we have a bi-weekly standing meeting, kind of a state of the company. Here's what's going on. Here's where our numbers are at. Here's where we need to focus. Um, you know, and then everybody gets uh, about three minutes to kind of go over their area. And say, here's what I'm working on. Here are the things I'm doing. Kind of so everybody has visibility and transparency. I think the more visibility and transparency you can create in an environment where people are working in different areas, the better. Because you, you realize you're not by yourself, that everybody is working toward a common goal. And I think that's very important. And a lot of times during those meetings, Lori has a budget, and she will send a box to everybody, and it's a, and it'll say something like, do not open until the biweekly meeting on specific date. <laughs> yeah, I've and, seen that picture of that. That's cool. Yeah, and so we'll open those boxes, and sometimes it's filled with candy, and sometimes it's filled with something disgusting, and <laughs> you, just, you just never know. <laughs> That's awesome. You just never know. So I think we try to do as much of that as possible, um, but it's always a challenge. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're seeing is this is where, not to be the old fogey in this, but I think that technology is amazing. Yes. And I think the abilities that technology provides us are amazing. They allow us to work remotely. And social media, in theory, allows us to connect in ways that we weren't able to. But I also think that we're finding more and more, you're seeing more and more cases of depression, more and more... uh, people talking about how lonely they are, despite how connected, quote unquote, they are. And I think that, you know, what I think we're at the beginning of is the tipping point to get back to the need for direct human connection. And um, I think whether it's a an intentional way of just, look, I'm going to start inviting my friends over for dinner again, Mm -hmm. or whether it's, hey, we're going to, you know, Move people, and there is, there's a little trend of people bringing people back to the office. Um, And I actually think that there is an opportunity. 
Um, for those people who can create those human connections again, um, I think it's something that Common Skew has started to do with their events, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't a commercial. This is just I, I've noticed it. I find myself wanting to go to those events because it's an opportunity to connect again, right. physically and emotionally connect again. And I think the people who can create that opportunity are going to be like the next generation of media. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why. Why the hell are we talking about this? That's why. I think no. it's. I think it's an interesting um, thing. That's trend that could be coming down the road. I, I completely agree. I, I look at technology as it exists today for most of us is a tool for isolationism and right. more than people realize. So you know, we we sit in groups of people and I see people on their phones. You know, I yeah. struggle with with my kids. Um, I will be talking to them, and the second they look at their phone, I'll stop. I'll just stop wherever I'm at, yep. dead in my tracks, until they look at me. And I, I'm, I'm trying desperately to make sure that they realize the person in front of you is far more important than that thing on the phone. Yeah. And, and that, go ahead. You're going to say something. I was just going to say, Amy and I talked about this, and, and again, not the, but in our podcast about mm-hmm. the challenge of unplugging. Yep. It's so it's easy to be lazy, yep. and it is you're making the other people feel unimportant. So. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And so, you know, it's it's it's. I remember, you know, growing up, a few things were were more annoying when I'd go to a retail store at the local mall, mm-hmm. and I would be talking to a sales associate at the counter, and the phone would ring, yep. and they'd pick it up, and it was like. I'm in front of you. I'm, I'm, I'm probably talking about some exchange of goods for money, <laughs> and you want to answer the phone. Yeah. It, it's, it's this weird dinosaur thing in our – this reptilian thing in our brain where we see that phone, we see a, a notification, and we have to look at it. I right. think I've talked about this on the podcast. Tech, again, technology-related. I've turned off the notifications for my email. Yep. I, I don't know when I get email. I will check it when it's convenient for me. Yep. And I, I, I say it all the time. I hold up my phone. I'm holding it up right now. This is a tool for my convenience, not yours. Right. And I am not at everybody's beck and call. Yes, there are certain people on my family and, and, and some people who are very important to me, obviously, and, and work. But for the most part, that's a tool for my convenience, not yours. Yeah. And I think the more we can reinforce that, the better. And so I do agree with you. You know, that connection is is a huge, huge thing. Cool. Good topic. You want to do one more quick one before sure. we uh, – Okay, real quick. So I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but you are mm-hmm. familiar with the Houston Astros. Yep. They're the baseball team located, coincidentally enough, in Houston, Texas. <laughs> so a fan of the Houston Astros is suing the team. Okay. Because they got injured – by getting blasted by a T-shirt cannon, Kirby. Or, <laughs> I, I guess I should say a. T- <laughs> I guess I should say a T-shirt launched from a T-shirt cannon. Yeah, I was gonna say it'd be weird if they hit him with a T-shirt. So cannon. a lady claimed that her finger was shattered, um, that required two surgeries, two screws, and physical therapy. She is suing the team for $1 million, Kirby. Wow. Yeah. Now, the Astros aren't commenting. Of course, nobody comments on an ongoing litigation situation. A smart thing to do. But they did say, yeah, we're still going to use T-shirt launchers because people (laughs) like them. Yeah. (laughs) The question I have for you, one Kirby Hossaman, do you think this kind of promotional product and this promotional experience is dangerous and gives the industry a black eye or maybe I should say a broken finger? No, 
<laughs> like that's um, so. I, I, actually, the first thing that popped into my head, Bill, was you know that was probably one of those old, uh, heavy, uh, all cotton tee. That was definitely not a butter wash soft T-shirt. You know what I no. mean? Like uh, that's why it probably broke her finger. Uh, no, I think you know I think it's one of those things that um, you, it's a freak thing that I think we often as a society today um, overreact. And I think this is one of those moments where you have the opportunity to. It sounds like uh, the Houston Astros are not going to overreact and say, yeah, sorry about that, I guess. But um, did that happen when she was trying to catch a T-shirt? That's weird to me. Um, Maybe a little um, challenge with the bone structure there. Um, But... Yeah, I, I think I would not overreact. It's not a black eye. It's not a broken finger. That it yeah. is. That is one of the things I think almost everybody else uh, finds a fun and experiential part of going to the ball game. So yeah. no, I, I this is kind of kind of silly, but as is always the case with lawsuits like this, you go. Eh, I probably don't know all the details. Um, you know enough. Yeah. You know enough <laughs> to form a proper judgment, though, Kirby. Yeah, I, I mean, I would keep. Keep shooting the keep shooting the cannons, baby. I'd aim it right at her next time. <laughs> okay, Kirby. So before we get into fill in the blank, last week we debuted a new little thing on the podcast. Yes. It's the promo person of the week, which is dedicated to highlight one person in the promotional products industry. Age, gender, affiliation does not matter, but it's dedicated to that one person who's grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Now, last week I started us off with Charity Gibson, and we said yes. we're going to alternate weeks. So, Kirby, who is your promo person of the week? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It comes back to the idea that I started to overthink this. Like, it was like there's so many opportunities for people to recognize. And then finally, um, last night, I was giving this a lot of thought. And I'm like, first person that pops into my head. And the first person that pops into my head is Mark Graham. Okay, Mark, Mark Graham. Graham. from Common Skew. He's, mm-hmm. he's the ultimate connector. And it's when I kind of went out on my own, there was a point at which I felt alone. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that. And one of the people who immediately started to connect me with like-minded people was Mark Graham. I think yeah. him and his wife, Catherine, are, are changing the face of our industry and making it much more collaborative, much more working together. They, he always has time for me. Uh, when I need advice or I want him to look at something, I always appreciate that. Um, and the idea that he is still yeah. <laughs> uh, connecting me. Um, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I mentioned somebody I wanted to meet. He reached out to me and was like, hey, I can make that connection because I have a relationship with him. He is continually and continually elevating the industry by connecting hopefully good people. And, and so Mark is my Mark's my guy this week. I, I think that's a great one. You know, when everybody in the industry goes clockwise, Mark goes with shins and goes <laughs> counterclockwise, right? You know, and I remember when I went out on my own, Kirby, um, and I, I kind of reached out to Mark just for a little bit of advice, and I'll never forget what he said to me. You know, there was part of me, in fact, a big part of me that wanted him to say, wow, this is brilliant. I can't <laughs> believe, you know, somebody hasn't thought about this before. This is brilliant. Go for it. He asked me some of the hardest questions I've ever been asked in my professional life and said, I hope you know what you're getting into. I'm going to kick your ass every week, and I'm going to hold you accountable to you. And by golly, did he ever, and I'm so thankful for it. So what a great person, promo person of the week, Mark Graham. Congratulations. Your box of high fives is on its way. (laughs) All right, Kirby, we are about to start filling the blank, but before we do, I want to thank our sponsor. 
Yes. Would you like to know who that is, Kirby? I, I actually would really like to know. Yeah, because you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it changes every week now. It's right. Vault Promotions, our good friends nice. at Vault. You know, we've talked about their badge release program, and I want to sh- talk about that just for a quick second. We all know that there's a perception that selling badges is a pain in our industry. But Vault is willing to work, not only willing, they want to work with distributors to set up custom-branded and user-friendly websites that the end-user client uses to order one or two badges at a time. Essentially do the work for you. There's no setup fee. There's no program changes or charges. There's no minimum quantity needed to start a program and no expiration for the program. That's awesome. Yeah. So even for larger clients, if you're affiliated with a larger distributorship or or you have large end-user clients, they've developed processes that automate the program and feed releases directly from web stores that you already have set up. So if you have a web store where your client can purchase, let's say, apparel or writing instruments or notepads, drinkware, whatever, badges is just one more product you can place in the store, and it'll punch out directly to their site without the client ever having to leave the current web store. Nice. I mean, isn't that great? That's so cool. Yeah, and tons of national accounts are run that way. And so they want to show you how to sell badges profitably with that badge vault. Head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com to learn more about that badge release program. Get some free self-promo badges. Set up for an EQP or sign up for an EQP coupon. Or even get a personalized demo site to show your clients. They are really wanting to make badges easy to sell for you. So go ahead and head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com. Josh Robbins and his great team at Vault are happy to help you out. Agreed. Josh is awesome. He is. All right, Kirby, are you ready to do a little fill in the blank? Let's do it. Do you have a um, Do you have a, t- a theme this week? Not really. Okay. Just random questions. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So a person mm-hmm. that seems like everybody seems to love, yep. and let's let's assume this is out of the industry. So okay. a person that everyone seems to love that you think is overrated is Casey Neistat <laughs> that's exactly what I, I knew and you, you that is the biggest <laughs> clickbait draw me off sides question you've ever asked <laughs> and it's it's you know I, I'm, I'm sure Brandon uh, Petrich who works here at Promo Corners listening to this saying oh gosh Bill you're so old it has nothing to do with me being old I just don't understand the connection Mm-hmm. Um, I think Casey's very smart. I think he's brilliant in the way he markets himself. So I have a healthy dose of respect for him, but that doesn't mean I like him. Right. Um, I find him to be generally an unlikable person, Okay. to be honest with you. For whatever reason, his personality just rubs me the wrong way. But, again, having said that, I can balance it out with saying – what he's done with vlogging and how he does, how he has basically built a business around that, I am impressed with. I just don't like him. Right. So cool. There you go. All, All right, Kirby. Right. I do have a theme for fill in the blank this week. Taxes. This past okay. Monday was the filing day for federal income taxes, which is April fifteenth every year. Yep. Kirby, when you file your taxes, finally, your overriding emotion is blank. Relief. Honestly, I, I think that, you know, I think so many times when it gets to this date, especially as business owners, and I think there's a complete, um, there, not a complete, but there is a, a little bit of a moving aside or a, where a divergence, I guess, is the word I'm looking for between people who are employees and, and people who are business owners around April 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no such thing as a refund. Uh, for the most part, for business owners, right. so it's it's not a matter of what you're going to pay or whether you're going to pay. It's just what the number is. And so, um, usually by April fifteenth, we have a great accountant that uh, does a great job for us. Um, I've I've figured out what that number is, and mm-hmm. we're writing the check for it. I always say that I'm I want to pay 
what I owe. Every penny that I owe, but not a penny more than I owe. Um, and so usually by April 15th, Amy and I have said, okay, here's the number, and we've sent that out. Like, there are a lot of business owners who um, file extensions. I hate that. I did that one time. It caused me a great deal of anxiety. So for me, April 15th, when it's done, relief. Yep, I will echo that sentiment. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Um, now I'm going to move into a little bit of a a theme. I've got some morning stuff. So one of the things I know about you is you don't drink coffee most of the time. Nope. So, So the first thing you drink in the morning to start your day is? A nice, big, hot, steaming glass of cold ice water. Okay. I know that made no sense. A big hot steaming <laughs> glass of ice cold water. Um, I do like water every morning. Um, it, it is generally my beverage of choice when I'm working. Now on the weekends, I revert to my six-year-old self and have a big old glass of chocolate milk. So yeah, either water <laughs> or chocolate milk. Love it. All right, Kirby, the earliest you've ever filed your taxes is blank, the date in which you've filed your taxes roughly, and the latest is blank. Yeah, I would. I mean, pretty much earliest is always going to be, you know, the day April fifteenth, April fourteenth, right around the day I have to. Um, that'll be when they get filed. Um, just because we're working on final details, moving up to that. The latest is October fifteenth. Um, I did. I, we only did that one time, and I like I, as I mentioned, I hated that. Like for me, that was like, oh, okay. But here in six months, I'm just gonna have to do it again, mm-hmm. and so. Um, yeah, th- those are those are my two dates: April fifteenth, October fifteenth, and pretty much I'm moving towards April fifteenth all the time. Got it. Good for you. Um, some people are morning people. Some people are not morning people. When you wake up in the morning, you are awake. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's a weird question. So I'm, I'm going to kind of extrapolate on that. Yes. So I have been blessed and or cursed. Take your pick with the fact that I generally don't need a ton of sleep to function and function at, at whatever high, the highest level that Bill, <laughs> Bill Petrie can function at. And I just spoke of myself in the third person, which is weird. Yes, you did. Um, so I, if I get four to five hours a night, I'm, I'm good to go. So I can stay up late. Um, I find that as I get older, I find it more difficult to stay up as late as often as I used to. Right. But when, when I'm awake in the morning, I'm up. I, I can't generally wake up, go back to sleep, wake up, go back to sleep. Once I'm up, I'm up i mm-hmm. i gotta go so i guess if you're gonna classify me as something i'm probably more of a morning morning person but uh i do like to be a night owl as well it just really depends so i'm i'm i'm, I'm an enigma wrapped in a puzzle surrounded by a question mark like that <laughs> i love it cool all right kirby the biggest refund you've ever received from uncle sam is blank <sighs> Ooh. um I, I probably and I honestly don't remember if I'm if I'm being candid. I think that um, because it's been years ago since we've gotten any kind of refund. Yeah. Um, I think I probably had like three or four grand one time, um, and that was a wonderful, wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know it's so funny because you got some people who will tell you, "Oh man, it's great to get that refund and that feels good." But then there are other people who would say, "Well, then you've been paying the government too much money, and who's right. more efficient in using your money, them or you?" <laughs> right. Well, you've given you've unfortunately given them an interest free loan yeah exactly um so that i would guess it's in that neighborhood but it's been long enough that i don't remember my friend yeah oh fair enough that's good that's that's a fair answer um so what you put in generally to your body and to your brain is what you get out right yes so the first thing that you watch or listen to in the morning is the ticket in dallas texas it is a sports radio station that i grew up listening to uh when i grew up uh, they started in 1994 um and it's amazing um they have 
essentially had the same they've been around for 25 years they've mm-hmm. essentially had the same lineup top to bottom so from six in the morning till their original programming signs off at 10 o'clock at night they've had the same lineup for 15 years which is unheard wow. of yeah that's um, crazy they, they I, I can't remember the last time they've lost any of their time slots in the, in the ratings and it's a combination of guy talk and sports talk and so since i grew up in dallas and and my allegiance generally is to dallas sports teams mm-hmm. um it's comforting to me it's like a warm blanket in the morning and i, I like get it. to listen to them and it kind of uh, makes me still feel like a Texan at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the yeah. first thing I listen to is the ticket in the morning as I'm getting ready. I like it. Cool. All right, last one for me, Kirby. A letter from the IRS comes from hmm. – uh, yeah, comes in your mailbox. Your first thought is blank. They have overreacted. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I think what it is is, like, I have been through – and I, I think you have too um, – not terribly long ago, I've been through the audit process. Mm. That wasn't any fun. Um, but then I've gotten t- letters that looked really intimidating, and then you're like, oh, well, that was nothing. So um, I think most of the time, there is certainly, I guess if I'm honest, the first thing is an ounce of dread. Yeah. What's this about? Right. But then I'm like, before I even open it, I'm like, this is not as bad as I'm afraid it's going to be. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it, they're never sending me a greeting card or thanking me. No. Right? Like, so no, I guess. Generally not how it works. <laughs> yeah, so I guess dread is, is the honest answer. All right, and, and you don't have any more. We're done, right? That is it. All right, friend. so let's do a quick rapid fire again. Let's go over the rules. Very easy game we're going to play here. I'm going to give you two choices, two choices only. Kirby, just pick one or the other. There is no right or wrong answer. Just pick mm. one. You don't have to explain it at all. Are you ready to play rapid fire? I'll do my best. Excellent. These are tax forms. These are (laughs) tax forms, Kirby. (laughs) Great. So here we go. Uh, 1040, which is the individual tax form, or 1040 ES, which is for estimated tax payments. 1040. 1099, which is a non-employee income statement, or a W-2, a wage and tax statement. 1099. Schedule SE for self-employment tax or Schedule H for household uh, employment taxes? Uh, We'll go with SE. Schedule D, capital gains and losses, or Schedule E for supplemental income and loss? Uh, Schedule E on that one. Schedule F, profit and loss from farming, or Schedule R, credit for the elderly and disabled? Oh, of course, R. Form (laughs) 210F. Form 210F, that's the underpayment of estimated tax by farmers and fishermen. Or Form 2555 for foreign earned income. Foreign Uh, earned income. Yeah, 255. 255. Uh, Form 4684 for uh, casualties and theft. Or Form 4835, farm rental income and expensive. A lot of farm stuff on here. Yeah, there is a lot of farm stuff. I guess I am from Coshocton. The second one. I don't remember what it was. Farm rental income and expenses. That would be Form 4835. Hopefully you filed it. Form 6765, credit for increasing research activities. Or Form 8082, a notice of inconsistent treatment or administrative adjustment request. Oh, of course, 8082. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for days. Form... (laughs) Form 8820, an orphan drug credit, or Form 8824, like-kind exchanges? Oh, 8820. Okay. Form 8843, a qualified electric vehicle credit, or Form 8845, an Indian, or it should be Native American, but it actually says Indian, Indian employment credit. Oh, for sure. It'd be 8845, the Native American. All right. Form 8906. We're almost done, Kirby. You're doing great. Form 8906, a distilled spirits credit, or Form 8933, carbon dioxide sequestration credit. 
Oh, I'd go with 89.06. Yeah, the Distilled Spirits credit. Again, Kirby, you are knocking it out of the park. We only got two more. I'm confident okay. in you this time. Okay. Form 89.36, Qualified Plug-In Electric Motor Drive Vehicle Credit. Mm. Or Form 89.11, the Alternate Fuel uh, alternate fuel Vehicle Fueling Credit. I'll go with 89.11 on that one, Bill. Okay. Last one, Kirby. Form 4868, the Automatic Extension to File. Or Form 9465, the Installment Agreement Request. Uh, 9465, Installment Agreement. Kirby, you knocked out of the park. We're not going to say anything's wrong when it comes wow. to filing your taxes <laughs> or the federal government. If any of our good friends in the IRS are listening, we are really appreciative of your ability to collect our money and spend it in such a responsible way. On behalf of all American taxpayers, we thank you. Kirby, and I also want to thank you, but before I do, I want to thank our good sponsor, the Good Good Strongs at Bam Bams. We talked about their custom headwear program, fully custom caps designed by either your team or their team. Doesn't matter, but it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from the time of sample approval. Really impressive stuff. So go to BamBams.com, talk to your local Bam Bams rep. They're going to be happy to just walk you through that program and make you look like a rock star. And again, congratulations to our promo person of the week and one Mark Graham. Kirby, as always, thank you for doing this little podcast with me, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.